You deserve mm-hmm. a few weeks slash months off sweeping the world the way the way the way that the Cobra Kai Dojo teaches you to sweep the leg. Yes. Yes. That's not yes. bad. That works. Fantastic. Evil. Anytime Cobra Kai can get into the podcast, it is a great pod. Alright, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC Podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Weeby. Brian Shusko. Gentlemen. Hey man, before you start into anything right now. Yeah. This, I'm starting to feel a little excited. Oh, why? Well, World Cup's over. Drank that bourbon too fast. Drank, maybe drank a little bit too much bourbon. It's a new one. And? Wouldn't recommend it, but I'm going to drink it. And? It's it's not bad. So, anyways, oh. bottom line is, look, I st- this is a kickoff to the preview pod. I know you're about to tell everyone that, but I, I started now. diving into numbers, and and this is how geeked up I got. I got geeked up over the Wolverhampton Wanderers. Scott, Scott says, "Well, <laughs> what do you think about that?" I don't know. What, I I don't know. I think you need. I think you need more football in your life. It needs to come quickly. Man, That's what I think here. Here's the story. So let me explain. <laughs> since we jumped to point D, and I need to explain A, B, C. Sure. We have a tradition here on the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. Right around mid to late July, as we're getting ready, geared up for the start of a season, we're preparing for our big season preview pod, and then the start of the matches and the season that follows. We do this little tradition where we give a special short episode to each of the three promoted clubs for that season. That's right. We introduce people to these new clubs. I say introduce because people are typically, generally, maybe sort of, kind of aware of these clubs. Well, listen, if anyone would have listened to our podcast last year and listened to the Brighton podcast, mm-hmm. Brighton and Hove podcast, right, 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 they would have found out about Pascal Gross. And, yeah, we nailed that. So I'm just saying, I want that leading into this, leading into the next, leading into Fulham, and then leading into Cardiff, however we decide to do it. Yep. I want that tidbit to just be stuck there in your mind, understanding that I might get something out of this. Pat, there could be a Pascal Gross in there. And you I might think, be crazy. No, I based on what he was saying before we started recording. I'm, I cannot wait to bring the Wolf Thunder. Wolf Thunder. <laughs> Thunder, Brian. Wolf Thunder, the famous way you think of wolves. <laughs> now, lest I oversell this, we're probably not going to tell you a whole lot more about this club than uh, than you want to know, or that you already you know, than what you didn't already know. However, we're going to do things the way that only we can. Sure. Dave's obviously prepped us. He's ready to go on some FPL analysis. Boom stats. Thanks, WhoScored.com. You crushed it. <laughs> I'm going to bring the incomplete unofficial club history, which has some really good stuff when it comes to Wolverhampton Wanderers. I have one request, and you know what it is, and I hope it's there. It's a filthy limerick to end it. Not that. Oh, okay. Yes. Oh, I know what it is. Yes, but don't don't say it. It is in here. I'm going to look for it. It's coming. You're going to love it. And and why it's in there? (laughs) It's actually the best reason yet. Okay, all right. It's so good. All right. Long-time listeners of our pod will know what we're talking about right now. Yes, they will. And if you don't know what we're talking about, come when on board. When we mention it again, you'll know. Come on board. Come I on board. don't know what you're talking Yo, about, and I'm yes, on this do. podcast. You're so stupid. But we're going to kick things off with a segment that we have not done all summer. 
Yeah. And we've taken the whole summer off on this, Dave. Yeah. I know. People need to know how to say new players' names in the Premier League. Scott, listen. When you have the number one segment in all of Podcast Nation. It is sweeping the world. Uh, yeah. You deserve a break. That's true. You deserve mm-hmm. a few weeks slash months off. Sweeping the world the way the way the way the, the Cobra Kai Dojo teaches you to sweep the leg. Yes. Yes. That's not yes. bad. That works. Fantastic. Evil. Anytime Cobra Kai can get into the podcast. It is a great pod. So let's start introducing our listeners to Wolverhampton Wanderers for the 2018-2019 season by bringing back How to Say with Brian J. Yeah, hey, I like that. I, I think that this guy in particular really sets the tone for what we talk about with, with Wolves. It's like we planned for this on our pod. It's like no, we it's almost like there was a, an agenda, and it's almost like we're, we're on track so far. This is really good. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Onto the segment. Is there onto this onto the Wolverhampton Wanderers Promoted <laughs> Club special podcast? Now we can start. Uh, is there going to be music for this segment, Dave? Usually, typically, uh, my iTunes library continues to expand. The music and we find something. It's the most eclectic library in the history. of The, the music world. No for idea. this. For the music <laughs> for this. Uh, for this, how to say absolutely has to be the song "Hi Ho Silver Lining" by Jeff Beck. Uh, in fact, I think the show should close with that song playing. David. Okay. Um, it is an absolute Wolverhampton Wanderers essential, and I demand it for this segment, even though it doesn't necessarily have any punny uh, inference re- related it whatsoever to this player. Okay. Before you continue, yes. and I'm gonna interrupt your segment here. Do you remember before last season started when we did the Brighton? You mentioned the Brighton episode. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And I played those club songs. Those, yes. Those fan club songs. Yes. The Sussex by the Sea and yes. all that stuff. Well, Brian is bringing that back a little bit here. This He's right. Like, this is built into club lore. This, this song. song. So we yeah. do, like, I agree with, I agree with Brian. So look, there's song. a chance I couldn't, I, I, I might not be able to find it. I'll it's, do, it's, I'll no, do no, my you'll best. Find it. It's not that old. It's 1967. Okay, you'll uh, find it. This promoted club special edition, how to say, features a player that we could very well be talking about a lot during this upcoming season. But unlike most of the announcers or other people you're going to hear talking about this guy, like a bunch of drunken slobs fumbling for their car keys despite everyone desperately pleading with them not to drive, but them insisting, it's fine, it's fine, I'm just driving down there. Well, we're not going to do that. That sounds like us after each pod. (laughs) It's fine. That's because we are talking about the Wolverhampton Wanderers' most expensive, and I think the stats say... If not the best, one of, certainly one of the best players in the championship last season. Yeah. Diogo is his first name. Not Diego. Diogo. 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 He's only 21 years old. He is from Portugal. And now I already hear haters asking, If he's so good, how comes we didn't hear his name during World Cup? <laughs> well, as Portuguese football analyst Alex Gonçalves said in two, in 2017 in an interview with the Express and Star, Wolverhampton's finest newspaper, Portugal 
are not lacking for attacking talent. Bernardo Silva, Joe Owls, Mario and Moutinho, Gelson Martins, Gonzalo Guedes, some of the names that he listed as competition for Diogo, just in the Portuguese team, just midfielders and attacking players that they have. But he did say in that same interview, he expects Diogo to make Portugal's senior team eventually if he can carry his championship stats in any significant way into the Premier League this season, it will happen sooner than later. I say. He's 21. He's 21. Hmm. Curious, isn't it? Here's your stat stack. 17 goals for Wolves last season, which was fourth best in the championship. That's right. Second overall in shots on goal in the championship with 120. 39 shots in the penalty area. Plus five assists. 53 key passes, 49 chances created, 14 big chances created, averaged 82 minutes per match. 43 appearances. Yes. You're stealing all my stats, so I'm just going to jump into yours. I'm just throwing them in here because they're important. You want to know the rest of his name now, Scott, you filthy naysayer? Well, I don't think he's going to get anywhere near six goals. So, yeah, go ahead. I cannot wait to bet on this! Your Wolves' potential steal of the year for the 2018-19 season is... Diogo Jose Teixeira da Silva. So why does it say something different in FPL then, huh? It's a Portuguese thing. That's because Diogo Jota Jota is his nickname. Jota? Jota. J-O-T-A. You can thank the Portuguese fans of Wolves for letting us know that Jota is J in Portuguese. Jota. Jota became Diogo's differentiating mark from all the other Portuguese Diogos. I'm not kidding. So you look at the simple search for Diogo Portuguese footballer. Diogo Dalo. Diogo Gonçalves. Diogo Lezico da Silva. There's a bunch. But there's only one. But now there is only one Diogo Jota. And that... Diogo wow. plays for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Wow, okay, Brian. Way to get that kicked off. Well done. How to say Diogo Jota. It's Diogo. Jota. Jota. Yes. How quickly will the uh, NBC pronunciation guide be wrong? Will they get it right? They're What's the over-under? I mean, it's a yes Jota. or no. But They'll I mean, say Jota. I mean, maybe Hota, but probably Jota. Right? I would guess. Not, not the Z-H, Jota. Not Joe. Well, they get it. won't be a Joe. Jose, it'll be a Jota. They get Jose like Mourinho mostly correct. Jo- so I, Jose. They do. I expect them to get this. That that's the same. Time. Yeah. Okay. Jota Scott. Yeah. So that's so I say that's the way we we kick things off because I feel like like we said Jota is his is not just the He's not just a, the kind of their premier player, but he is the most expensive. Yeah, wolf. yeah. As a as a FPL fanatic as I am, and I'm sure those who are FPL fanatics have already done the same thing I did. I, I browsed through the player rankings and, and prices mm-hmm. in the app, and that was the first thing that jumped out to me as we prepared for this pod. Was when you just pull up the Wolves players. I mean, he's a pound more than everybody else. Yeah, from the midfield. He he's an attacking midfielder, Scott. Six point five. It's. Still a, an intriguing price for a midfielder. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, Pascal Gross was a steal, you know, in a similar price range in the midfield last year. I think Gross actually started a little bit more expensive. 
What's interesting yes. is he might not be the best points per pound midfielder on his team. Good teaser. Good just teaser. Saying. We'll come to that in just a minute. But first, I'm going to introduce this club's history as only we can. Okay. This is going to be very unofficial, very incomplete, and it will end with a limerick that will require a particular rubber ducky sound. I can't wait. Just hmm. putting all... Wanderer, Wolverhampton. <laughs> okay. Just trying to figure it out, Yeah, Brian. I'm just trying to... He's, he's running through all the swears in his head right now. trying to think of what... Filthy words yep, got yep. included in hmm, here. You just, you just keep working on that. Okay. When you go to the club's website and you go to their history page, the first thing that you see is it says 1877 to 2017, 140 years in the making, Wolverhampton Wanderers. So 140 years of history that we're working with here. Let me condense that down to a few minutes, if I may. Club, as it says, formed in 1877 became the Wolverhampton Wanderers two years later, 1879. And then nine years after that, they were one of the 12 founding clubs of the Football League. I feel like a lot of these clubs end up being one of these 12 founding clubs. Really? Wolverhampton was, was one of them. Here is one, just the first of what's going to be many interesting points here. The club plays at the Molyneux Stadium. Molyneux. Molyneux. Is that like a French name? Yeah, E-U-X at the end okay, of it. Okay. Molyneux. They have been playing there since 18... 89. Wow. Yes. This stadium. How many times have they been remodeled, I guess? Lots and lots. Wow. More on that to come. Okay, all right. It's it's so old, it, it is certainly haunted. <laughs> it has that to be. That would be interesting. They won their first FA Cup in 1893. Maybe Wanderers represents all the fallen yeah, wandering past spirits, players. More like. The Wandering Spirits. Sorry, Scott. That's a good that's a good, okay, all right. good theory. Good theory. 1893 first FA Cup. Their latest FA Cup was won in 1982. Like okay. many of our smaller clubs in these modern days, their their highest successes come many, many decades ago. <laughs> in fact, they were three-time champions in England in the 1950s. That has been their best decade in their club's history by far, the okay. 1950s. Included in the 50s was another triumph, which was the installation of floodlights in 1954, one of the first clubs to do this, so they could play at night, and they ended up hosting this Hungarian club, Hungarian team that was champions of Hungary, called Honved, and they ended up winning this match, and it's one of the things, that the club has a club hall of fame, and every odd-numbered year, they induct two to four people or events into the club hall of fame okay they've run out of players i think so they're starting to find creative events. ways to add things to it and hanved is one of the inducted events along the, with the their game against hanved yes where they they defeated the hungarian champs it was significant because at that time english football was kind of sagging in terms of its notoriety amongst european countries and this put england back on the map okay interesting that happened in 1954 they uh, were runners-up in the UEFA Cup in 1972, kind of the precursor for the European competitions that That's we have pretty today. pretty impressive. Yeah, not so bad, not so bad. But let's get to the fun stuff. In the 1980s, the hooliganism among the club got so out of control... I like that, this story. ...that the local... <laughs> you know this one? I know, I know what the... There was a campaign... <laughs> Yes, okay, intentionally right, right. to stop I know this, nothing. and I think this is amazing. <laughs> I'm baiting... I'm, I'm hanging on every word. 
Local authorities created something called Operation GROWTH. GROWTH being all caps. GROWTH stands for Get Rid of Wolverhampton's Troublesome Hooligans. Come on. I'm not kidding. The local police did this? Operation GROWTH. And it largely worked. They broke up like this. the most prominent uh, hooligan group of the club. Lots of arrests. Busted all up. Yeah, you know, change the uh, change the the image of the club quite Unreal. a bit in the local area. Operation Growth. Sadly, this also led to its worst moment on the pitch. From 1984 to 1986, the club pulled a Sunderland. They pulled a Leeds. They were relegated three years in a row. Wow. From the first division down to the fourth division. And since then, since '86, when they played in the fourth division, it's been an up and down yo-yo of a time ever since. They were a Premier League club last between 2009 and 2012. So they are coming up now for the first time in, nine, uh, well, in I guess in six seasons. They'll be a Premier League club once again. Welcome back. One of my favorite things to look at when we look at new clubs coming up to the league is who their rivals are. Yeah. One of my favorite things. Sadly, Wolves do not have a built-in derby this upcoming Sounds season. Sounds like the local police oh. is their built-in derby. <laughs> Maybe back in the 80s. All right. Their main rival in the West Midlands is West Bromwich Albion. Boo. It is known as the Black Country Derby. Ugh. Now that sounds ominous. Sadly, we will only get this match potentially in cup competitions if these two clubs are drawn together because obviously West Brom is one of the clubs that Wolves is, is replacing. You know how we would have that in the Premier League this season? If West Brom had kept Tony Pulis. Mm. <laughs> Not likely. <laughs> Not likely. <laughs> they are the only West Midlands side that will be in the Premier League this year. If you want to kind of look at this generally, without West Brom, without Stoke, without even Aston Villa or Birmingham, it's just Wolves. The closest club that you could maybe say will kind of sort of be a local rivalry of sorts is going to be Leicester City because they're in the East Midlands. Not the West. Not the West. They're 60 miles apart. Oh, uh, that's not a rivalry. Not really, no. That's the best we could do. Sure. So I mentioned that the club has a Hall of Fame. They also have a museum. You can have afternoon tea there once a month for 25 pounds, Dave. What? That's an expensive tea. Well, you're supporting your local club. Wow. Yeah. Funds go straight to help your team, Dave. You want them to win or do you want them to keep <laughs> yo-yoing up and down out of, the, out of the top tier? Your point's valid. The club found some hard times, however, not just on the pitch, in the 80s, uh, but a few years later when they, well, when they attempted to make some renovations to the Molyneux. Oh, no. I can sense where this is going. In fact, they, they dug decided... Up a, they dug up a burial ground. No, that's Chelsea. Uh, they decided... <laughs> that's right. The Brompton something trail. That's right. That's exactly right. Good the, memory. The, the, the Brom Brompton County... Cemetery trail. The Brompton Cemetery yeah, trail. That's yeah, that's right. That's right. This Chelsea is not a Chelsea podcast. Like, All right. Chelsea fans are like, yeah, we know, but you know, we're American. Sure. Whatever. That's right. Um, no, they have four different stands that obviously surround the, the, the pitch, make up the stadium. One of them is known as the, the Molyneux Street Stand, or later renamed to the John Ireland Stand. Well, the, the club decided, the owners decided, we need to renovate this. In fact, if you want, you can blame this on big government. Because safety regulations required renovations to the stand. Costs spiked during construction. No. And it cost much more than they expected. And it put the club into financial ruin. They had to go into 
administration. Almost near administration for this. Oh, man. Which would be an administration as long as one guy doesn't walk through the door. And he goes by what title, Dave? Provisional the liquidator. The provisional do not, liquidator. Do not incur the wrath of the provisional liquidator. <laughs> if that guy shows up you on your do. door, it's ten times worse than the IRS. That's who they're haunted by. That is not good. The specific term is receivership. They entered receivership. This is, to be clear, I don't think I gave the data. This is 1982. So right as things are really struggling for the club on the pitch, it's also struggling in the stands and in their finances. They ended up coming out of it. They've been through a, a couple of different ownership uh, groups. Right now, they're owned by Fosun. I think it's Fosun International, which is a Chinese conglomerate group. That's their current ownership. Fosun International. Okay. But hey, you know what? It's not a club history without a period of financial ruin and provisional every, liquidatorship. Every club somewhere. that we seem to cover yep. has that in there. It's everywhere. It's amazing. It's interesting. I mean, when you've been around for 140 years. Yeah, you're bound to slip up somewhere along the line. <laughs> and relegation exists. It's bound to happen, right? True. Probably the best player in the club's history is a guy named Steve Bull. Steve Bull? As in, Bull, like, like, the animal. horns of the bull? Yep, yep. He scored 306 goals for Wolverhampton during his career there. Seems like a lot. That's a lot. That is a lot. One of the four stands of the stadium is named after Steve Bull. Okay. So here they are. They're back in the Premier League for the 18-19 season. You know how I feel about promoted clubs. I rarely go near them. In fact, I actually predicted all three promoted clubs would go down last year, like straight back down. I was wrong on all three. But that's fine. Sophomore- that's rare, though. I feel like that's rare. You did get – you got it completely wrong. I mean, obviously, you couldn't have gotten it more wrong. That's I true. Feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like the numbers should have been a little bit in your favor. I mean, but to not yeah. get one – Yeah. I mean, Brighton and Huddersfield surprised me. Newcastle, I had I had hopes for, but yeah. Brighton and Huddersfield well, surprised yeah. me. Newcastle was a was a a club that that stayed around. Yeah. Well, anyway, I don't have high hopes for Wolves. I think that'll be evident in my limerick here. That's okay. Good. All right. Now, before I get into the limerick, I will say they are doing work in this preseason. Multiple signings, probably a couple of the more prominent ones so far. We've talked about, if you listen to our transfer window pods, their goalkeeper, Rui Patricio yep. from um, from Portugal. Right. And Raul more. Jimenez, forward from Mexico. Yeah. More, more Portugal. Added to the firepower that they had in the championship. We've already talked about Diogo Jota, right? All right. So despite all of that, though, I think the limerick kind of tells you where my heart is, Dave. All right. You ready for this? I uh, can't wait. Now, here's the thing. Even if you think you know where the rhyme is going, I need you not to interrupt me on this. Okay. okay? Like, let, you let know me, it's tough for me. Let to, me go on this one, I, okay? It, it, I Jimmy Fallon it up every time. Like anyone who remembers Jimmy Fallon on Saturday, on Saturday Night Live, Brian, he, that guy he could never. could stop laughing. He could never keep a straight face through any skin. Let me just staple my mouth closed so I don't say <laughs> any or laugh or do That's anything. That's why everybody's watching Stephen laugh. Colbert these days. All right. Here we go. The Wolverhampton Wanderers, the end of the unofficial, incomplete club history. Here's my limerick. Wolves are back and hoping to be a hit. But the Molyneux Stadium is a nightmarish pit. With only Rui and Jota, their hopes are less than an iota. That's because Wolves are a pile of Steve Bull. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. That was fantastic. But you hate it. No, well, I well no. As a limerick, as a limerick, it's great. as a limerick, I love it. 
uh, if there's one thing that I like to prove, and it's not often recently, it's proving Scott wrong. Uh-huh. And so I don't think that the uh, wolves will be a steaming pile of Steve Bull. Mm. But okay, look, prove me wrong, are, Dave. They prove are me a wrong. Club. Well, no, look. Let's do this. Tell right? me why I should max out on wolves. That's in not my true. Lineup. I am not saying max out on wolves. You're but telling me to buy two. You could. You're going to tell me to buy two. <laughs> you could. All right. All right. So I've got Rui Patricio. Uh-huh. I've got Diogo Jota. Yeah. And all then, right. And, and then, then the you third. fill your third forward spot with Rafa Mir. <laughs> Maybe. My, that's my token fifth defender. My no, four-pound no, no, defender. No, no, no. Uh, he's a four-and-a-half-dollar forward. So, right. so you See, can I don't definitely. care. I don't care about this. No, no listen. Clearly, I don't know who's a four. Who's listen, a listen, listen. <laughs> yeah. Fulham? Which this is not a Fulham podcast. No, but I'm excited we'll about talking. Yeah, they're, they're this year's Newcastle for, okay. uh, for me on this. Podcast. I agree. Yeah. They are sort of a, a Premier League staple, like Newcastle. They, they love their Americans. They do. Yeah. Anyway, so my point being is Fulham and Wolverhampton led the championship last year with 82 goals. Okay. Both of them had 82 goals. Okay. Decent stats. Yeah, that translates okay. to like 30 in the Premier League in their 38 matches this season. All right. Whatever. <laughs> Okay. Now, all these stats I'm going to give you come okay. from whoscored.com, which is a great statistical website. Very helpful, for sure. Brian, you've seen the web. Have you yeah. probably used it before? I have it up right now. I, I want to run a couple things by you. I just want to give you. I just want to just want to praise you, Dave, okay. before you go into this for, yeah. for giving credit where it's due. Okay. We do that here. Appreciate that. Oh That's yeah, good. Yeah. That's oh, good. Yeah, sure. That's a good thing. Listen, uh, I would love to say that we have a the. Uh, Staffing? The financial staffing <laughs> and internship that ESPN has where they mm. can just roll out, and or Fox or whatever, that can just roll out people like, hey, go get me stats. Can we get a social media intern too? Exactly. Yeah. So we have to rely on fantastic websites. And sure. uh, thankfully, there are some great ones out there. That's right. So credit where credit is due, whoscored.com. So look, I, I want to throw some things out there to you. Wolverhampton as a club. I want to go over some club stuff, then we'll dive into players a little bit. And I'll try to go quickly. Don't want to drown you in numbers. But look, goals per game. Wolverhampton, 1.8 goals per game. Okay, That's fun. How do you think that stacks up against Leicester? Like, let's go mid-table. Let's go mid-table. I'm seeing a lot of 1-1 draws. No, no, no. Maybe 3-1 losses. If Wolverhampton averaged 1.8 goals per game, what do you think Leicester averaged? In the Premier League. In the Premier League. It was uh, one point five. Right. I don't have time for you. I, I need, say, I need, I I need to say one point four. Need you be quick. All right, all right, all right. Now listen, Liverpool. What do you think Liverpool is at? Two point one. Two point two. Ah, very, wow. Very good. Two point two five. Brian, where do you think Stoke was? They were at one point one. Zero point eight. Point nine. Yes, I've been off by a tenth on all of them. You were close. You were close too. Here's now look. If this is I love it, games. Let's play. Let's do more. Is, this Dude, is give me more. Apples and oranges. This is yes. Premier League. That's right. And this is Championship. But let me tell you something. The top teams in the championship every year move up to the Premier League, and mm-hmm. a lot of them stay. Brighton did well. Um, Huddersfield did enough. <laughs> Barely. Okay. Um, and and Newcastle did okay. Right? I'm really worried about Huddersfield. This yeah, year. they are worried themselves. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and should be. <laughs> Probably. We will pray for them. But look. Is so it fair, Dave, I, what you're about to say, and is, this, is it fair to say that Wolves – would you would you describe their season last season as dominant? Yes, they the they clinched a championship with four games left. Okay, okay, 
that it's almost city like. That well, is sort of unprecedented. Well, I'm just looking at you. Just look at their the their thirty wins, nine draws, seven losses. Yeah. So Fulham finishes with eight losses, but twenty five wins. I just feel like you know this is they were three wins better than Cardiff, who was second. They. There's, you're right with the goals when you're bringing that up. It just seems like they scored a, a lot and conceded few. So what what's interesting about this is, too, their manager, Scott, Nuno, Nuno Esparrito Santo. <laughs> like, first of all, like, has anyone ever heard, like, like here in the States, we have some, some Spanish-speaking uh, radio stations. They're ads, like the ad guy who always is like, pr- like repping the station. <laughs> mm-hmm. His voice, like it's always like the same guy's voice. It's so good. It's like El Punto Uno. Like <laughs> what, it's always got this. What did you just say? It's it, that's the name of a radio station in, in Greensboro, North Carolina. Okay. Anyways, hey, can I, I got a, a timeout. Timeout on the stats. <laughs> I need to picture, like, I need to know the scenario in which you are listening to a Spanish-speaking radio station. Let's talk about that tomorrow. Okay, fine. All right. I can go into that, and I can describe that very easily. Anyways, bottom line is, Wolverhampton has statistically what they produced last year. They have a, a core group of players. There's, I, read, I read their manager's name a minute ago, said it. It's fun to say, especially with a, with a, a Latin accent on it. But he's, he's Portuguese. Yeah. The bulk, I don't know the percentage, Brian, if there's only a way we could figure that out, but the bulk of their players on their team are Portuguese. And I believe that that kind of breeds a cohesiveness. He has only been in Wolverhampton one year and led them to the championship. Okay, This is a team, I think, with major momentum, and they have some good players. Listen, it's the preseason. They've played two preseason games. They played in a, in a Swiss tournament. Seven? Seven Portuguese players. But what's, okay. it, but what's interesting is Raul Jimenez is Mexican. We yes. just mentioned him. Sure. But he's on loan from Benfica. That is interesting. So they not only are bringing in Portuguese players, but they have ties, it seems, to Portuguese clubs. That's a good call. I yeah. did. I should have picked up on that, and I didn't. Yeah, we're, we're a team, man. We're Scott. a team. Yeah. So I know it's just preseason, but they played in a, in a, in a two-game tournament in Switzerland. They played, and in that tournament was Basel and Young Boys. We're, we're familiar with those names. Yeah, European competition. <clears throat> we always see them. Basel is usually in the Champions League, and Young Boys is usually in Europa League. That's right. They beat Basel 2-1, and they, they smoked Young Boys 4-0. So this is a team, obviously, I think, in my opinion, without their number one goalkeeper, John Ruddy, who which we, who, which we knew from Norwich, who is Cameron Jerome's teammate, few years ago um was in goal for them but bottom line is they like like they played young boys yesterday one of the strikers leo uh bonatini brian i think i'm saying that correctly scored yeah uh bonatini last year had uh 29 starts 14 subs 12 goals five assists one man of the match okay that's not great stats in fact bonatini I think he'll probably start, probably be starting. It's either going to be him or or Jimenez, and and I and I don't know who that's going to be yet. But let's get into a couple players that Scott absolutely are can't misses on fantasy. Whoa, 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 whoa! Premier League. He's can't. right. That's a bold statement, Dave. 
July, on July 17th. Can't miss right. Technically, there's probably one, maybe two. I'm going to save those to last. Okay. I'll tell you someone who I think might rival Diogo Jota for top midfield player in the Wanderers lineup. Okay. And his name is Ivan Cavallario. Ivan Cavallario. Scott, his price is 5.5. Last year, he had nine goals, 12 assists, five man of the matches. Okay? Obviously, I'm going to mention man of the match because that's going to transition into bonus points, Brian. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. In other words, like there's a couple guys who have man of the match, like multiple, and, and, and he's one of them. In their game yesterday, he had a goal and, and an assist. He's he's a midfielder. Obviously, we've already talked about Jota. There's two guys I want to mention that are in the defense for the Wanderers. And I know you love to mock me about my, my cheap midfielders. I do. Hear me on this. Even more about your cheap defenders. These two guys mm-hmm. are worth it. You mocked Lewis Dunk last year. You mocked Duffy. Yep. You mocked uh, Zonka. You mocked Schindler. Lejeune. There was a lot of guys that were mocked, okay? Yeah. In the end... You even mocked, You even took a minute to mock your favorite American winger, wingback. Did I? I don't know. Did you? DeAndre, did I mean, I never bought DeAndre. I think I did one week and decided what, I had buyer's remorse immediately. Did he mock him? Well, I think in his heart he did. Oh, no, okay. it's true. All right, let's, let's start first. I'm going to say the best for last, who I think will make the most impact. So we'll start first with Willie Bowley, mm-hmm. I think. Bowley? Bowley. Bowley. Uh, Scott, we mentioned him a couple weeks ago. Transfer window pod. Bowley. So, Say it more French, like your guy, Wenger. Bowley. Right? Yeah, like your that. favorite guy, Arsene Wenger. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Willie Bowley is a center back, 4.5. Scott, so he's right. Brian, he's right in the groove train right there. 4.5, fifth defender, right in the wheelhouse. He had 36 appearances last year, three goals, two assists. But, Brian, those those don't matter that much. Although, for a defender, that's not horrible. Eight man of the matches. Yep. Okay? That transitions to bonus points in Fantasy Premier League. At a 4.5, he also did this. And WhoScored.com ranks all the players in more stats than you would ever think. Willie Bowley had the highest rating on the team. Okay, so that tells me he is doing much more than just clearances and tackles. He is involved heavily in aerial duels and everything else. So I want to bring his name up. He should absolutely be on your radar when you are putting your team together and you get down to the end and you're like, holy crap, I have to get a defender in there who will never play as 4.5. This guy will play every week, (laughs) and he will also produce points. Willie Bowley. Needs to be on your radar. Prices will not change until the season starts. So he is locked in at a 4.5. 2.4% of owners already agree with you, Dave. As they should. Now, the Scotsman, Barry Douglas. Mm. He is the sleeper, Brian, yep. of probably most of these promoted clubs. If he's not the top sleeper, he's right there in the top three. Okay. Barry Douglas had five goals last year, 
and 14 assists. On the Wolverhampton website, he is listed as a defender. But what's interesting is like whoscored.com, when you look at their championship like uh, team of the year last year, he was listed as a midfielder, as like a left winger. So he's so he is there. He is there. Here's, uh, he's there. Aaron Questwell. Questwell. He's there. Marcus Alonso. He is. Listen, he had five goals last year, and Brian he was tied for the league in fourteen assists. Tied for the lead league, the league yeah. lead in fourteen assists, and he also had four man of the matches. Okay. Mm-hmm. Barry Douglas is listed as a 5.0. He whoscored.com had him ranked the highest rated or the second highest rated player in the team. He had 38 starts and one sub. He's durable. Scott, he is a player that you could plug in there if you didn't like Bowley, you had a little bit extra scratch, wanted to get a guy in there who could put up Trippier who ha- could have a game with Trippier numbers, Ben Davies numbers. Aaron Cresswell, Brian, you know how many? You know how many assists Aaron Cresswell had last year? Eight, seven. Ah, oh, led close. pretty good. Led defenders with seven. Ben Davies had six. Robertson had five. Do you know how many goals? Who led the league in goals last year for defenders? Yeah, Marcus Alonso. And with how many? He hit seven. Okay, so I want to put that in perspective. Barry Douglas had seventeen <laughs> assists, double. The highest Premier League defender output. And it translates to four in the Premier League. Got Scott, it. you will be wrong. And I, anytime you want to bet if on Barry this. If Barry Douglas had four assists in the Premier League, would you buy him as your fifth defender? Yeah. Actually, he's five pounds, so he's probably going to be your third defender. No. Well, and so, so do we, can we take one second to talk one piece of strategy right now? Yes. Thank you, Brian. Here's what I want to know. When you're looking at this now, are you looking at this as as differential guy or are you looking at this as straight up dollar for dollar? I'm either going to have Barry Douglas or I'm going to have Ryan Bertrand who's a, the same exact dollar as as Barry Douglas is. I'll tell you exactly who I want. I want the guy who had 14 effing assists last year. Okay. Doubling the amount that any Premier League defender had. And he also had five goals and four man of the matches. That guy, regardless of what league he's playing in, in my opinion, I guarantee you it will translate to production. And at that cost, at 5.0, because it's either 4.5 is the lowest, 5.0 is right above it, right? There might be multiple guys around that range. Why not take a chance on your fourth defender, is it even taking a chance? And or your fifth defender on someone like Barry Douglas, you cannot go wrong with that. And this is where I've got to insert my strategy, which differs greatly from yours, Dave, because I don't look at defender positions as throwaway positions. Now, granted, I might not. Even though you've never started, but maybe one game ever, five defenders. Uh, more than one. For sure, more than one. Not because I, I prefer. Not doubt. because that i think i said i did it twice last season and it wasn't because i looked to start five defenders week 34 when those are the only guys sometimes sometimes that's you know necessary based on who's playing but that means i need five defenders who can play or i'm just throwing away a week okay this guy this guy is playing every week wolves are a promoted club they've got a 
top shelf goalkeeper that they just brought in, I would yeah. say. Rui Patricio is a good goalkeeper. I, I would use one of my three Wolves positions that you're trying to convince me to use here, Dave, on Rui Patricio as maybe my backup. Well, he's probably too expensive to be backup, honestly. So no. you got to think about that a little bit. Maybe I, I don't want him. I think he's four and a half. What's I'm almost cost? sure of it. He is Look four and a half. Yep, he's four and a half, already 4% owned. Um, I could go with that for a backup. I could probably find a way to do that in my budget. However, the, here's the, the thing. The reason why I wouldn't want to be starting him as much, in or, I'd go with you. I'd have him as a backup. The, the reason why is because I don't know how many clean sheets they're going to get. So why would I have a Wolves 14 defender? Assists. 14 assists. 14. You loved Robertson last year when he was crushing it at the, in the last 15 games of the season and had six assists. True. So this guy puts up assist numbers and five goals. Mm -hmm. Five goals, 14 assists, and you're like, oh, I don't know if I like him. Well, I'm not going to say that he's not going to potentially put up Robertson numbers. However, if you cut his stats in half, cut him in half. It's three to one. That's my ratio. It's very scientific. <laughs> it's, it's so proven. Here's the thing, though. Andy Robertson proved at Hull the year prior, while they were still in the Premier League, that he could play defense okay. in the Premier League. Sure. Barry Douglas hasn't done that yet. That's true. I'll give you that. So I'm going to hesitate there. Wolves, I'm going to hesitate to look at defense. If if you're going Rui Patricio, you should not go Barry Douglas. I am. Why double up with two Wolves at the back for your fantasy lineup? I am shocked. I'll say this. For in Barry Douglas's favor. I'm shocked that a promoted club defender is not four and a half dollars. It is they are recognizing his offensive abilities. Right. There's and, no question. And also that. to his credit, I mean Premier League themselves have a they have an article promoting him for all of these exact same reasons. Uh adding also that his set piece his his inclusion on set pieces is uh, a big boost to him. So, and it'll be good to see in the very first match against Everton. I mean, what a way to start your season home against Everton with a bunch of new blood. Everton trying to, you know, trying to bring uh, whoever they have now, you know, and with new manager to try to sort through everything. Two one Everton. I'm sure they're fine. Two one Everton. That's my prediction already. I'm, I'm going to go on the record now saying two one Everton. And Wolves goal scored by Barry Douglas. <laughs> Probably um, not. No, he created the other stat they have that's huge for him is he created seventy two chances for Wolves last that's ridiculous. last season, which is a lot. That's a lot of chances created. Here's my one stat to throw out in terms of Barry Douglas here. Wolves five percent of FPL owners already own Barry Douglas, and that's I think this is the I would like to see what his ownership was prior to the Premier League article because it seems like they're, did, they're they just did they just pump one out. They have one, but okay. that's what I'm saying. They so they're also they're also pumping the Wolverhampton Wanderer defense, which was 24 clean sheets and the fewest conceded goals of any team in the championship last season. I, I don't well. have it in front of me. The Wolves schedule three. is one of the other things that's being that's being pumped as well because two of their first ten, as far as the fixture difficulty list, which I feel like is uh, so are subjective. Well, yeah, I, f I find it overall deceiving <laughs> because I think you get locked into the color scheme of that. You see green and you say, oh, great. It's not necessarily good, and I think game one is exactly why. Home to Everton gets a, gr a green rating of two. I don't think it's that great. 
for Wolves to start with Everton at home. I mean, it's not it's not as bad as if they were starting with Manchester City at home, absolutely. But that's one of the easy as far as their their beginning their the first 10 matches of the season. What are their they first have two five? Everton at home, Leicester away, City at home, West Ham away, Burnley at home. Okay. It's not easy. Not not it's great. It's squarely in the mid table, right? Right. It With is not the, the worst that it could possibly be, but no. it's certainly not great. We'll know exactly where we'll stack up through five matches. Yeah. Are they going to be in the bottom? You know, are they going to be in relegation scrap? Then they're going to lose to most of the clubs that you just listed. Did you are say they, were they maybe, home to Leicester? They are away to Leicester. Six through ten are not. I mean, they're they're. Okay, also, at United, home Southampton, at Palace, home Watford, at Brighton. Much better, I would say, comparatively, in 6 through 10. But it's still professionals versus professionals here. You don't love <laughs> playing away at Crystal Palace. Nobody wants to play at Crystal Palace. Depends you know? on who they keep. That's exactly right. What do you mean you might want to play there and watch the cheerleaders, Brian? I want to watch Crystal Palace because I enjoy their team and sports are good. And sure. Uncle Roy is kind. Right. Uh, can I dig into some more ownerships? I mean, it's still mid-July. It's very early. People are still experimenting with lineups. I'm addicted to this new autocomplete button on the FBL say, app. How many of those percentages are based in autocompletes? Sponsor us, autocomplete. <laughs> I'm not sure. The autocomplete button brought to you by Fantasy Soccer. Uh, yeah. Uh, Cavalero, whose name I think you slightly mispronounced earlier. Um, he's under 1%. But there's two midfielders who have significant ownership right now. Jota, Jota. is at almost sure. 8%. Again, 17 goals. And Nevis. That, and that, Ruben Nevis is at 16% ownership. Now, that's that's it, that, that has to be only because of dollar amount. That's, he's it, five, five pounds in exactly. the midfield. Yeah. As, as a five-pound guy... Who will be starting and playing. And he had decent stats last year. It I just didn't listen, he would he would have been the third midfielder, but like Scott was already giving me for having two midfielders, I'm right? Surprised. And Joe Dun Cavalero. Well so, look in the Premier League. And rightfully article, so. But Nieves, or however his name is, he was number three. Prem- if I were to bring one up. Same with the Premier League's article about Jota. They're comparing him to Neves and saying that Neves is much more popular, but it's Jota who offers, just statistically, offers the better attacking threat. A guy who's, who's obviously getting forward a ton, who scored a billion goals last season, has the assists, and then all of the stats that, we, that I read off during the How to Say, I mean... When you're taking 39 shots in the penalty area, like that's a in 44 matches, that's one shot in the penalty area a game almost. I mean, you'd take that from almost anybody. If you knew where you were going to get that, you would say that's a near essential player. Mm-hmm. This is entirely a false dilemma, but this will be great for our conversation. Okay, I want to ask it to both of you because this is this is the real live pricing. Right? I already know okay. my answer, Marco Arnautovic. Wrong. He is not part of the question. Brian, he's not the answer to every question you have. Uh, he is for Brian. Brian truly does have Marco Arnautovic in his heart. I do. Okay. Would you rather have Ruben Nevis at five pounds mm-hmm. or Diogo Jota at 6.5 pounds? If you had to have one, 
Again, false dilemma, but for purposes of our conversation, because this is the strategy, right? This is really where things get interesting. Yeah. The pricing is perfect for this conversation. Ruben Neves at five pounds or Diogo Jota at 6.5. Brian. Since I only how to say to him, <laughs> um, I, I would have to say the temptation of 17 goals and five assists from anyone is, is worth the extra pound and a half. Yeah. Scott, I would, you're right. It is an impossible dilemma because it's a dollar and a half that says if I wanted to have uh, Obama Yang at forward or somebody that's $10 or Vardy or someone like that, if I wanted to have the difference between one of those guys, then yeah, I see exactly, I know exactly what you're saying. It's the difference between I get to take Andy Robertson or I'm picking a $4 defender that I hope is going to start in my back line. So, no, I... So what's your answer? My, I think my answer is um, it's still Jota. Dave? Yeah, it's Jota. Yoda. It's not Yoda. It's Jota. Yeah. <laughs> not Yoda, Brian. Um, and, and can I just sum up why your answer is Jota? Yeah. Because points are points. <laughs> points are points. Are points. points okay? That is 100% true. If Nieves can't get points in the championship, then why do I want him in the Premier League? Because you love your discount players. No, here's the thing. When you look back, Scott, at your lineup last year, I would bet you did, probably didn't have a midfielder other than Milivojevic when he was a, at a ridiculous 4.5. Mm-hmm. You, you probably didn't have many people lower than 6.5 in your midfield, I would think. I would guess because knowing you, you like guys who play. I, load up, to I find, load up my midfield. It's tough yeah. to find guys who play. But you probably had no, a no, cheaper. Listen, there are so many midfielders who play and put up points at all price levels in the midfield that you should never have issue with finding five midfielders across the price spectrum right, that, who can score points for I you. I agree. But my point being is this, and, and I would love to someone do a, a price match. And who? What are other guys at, at 6.5? Luka Milivojevic is, is the biggest name at 6.5 from last season that I would say you look at immediately and say huge impact – uh, guy who I think a ton of people are going to have to... W- w- you, last season, you would have said, at the beginning of the year, it was, like we talked about, it was a, it's a, hey, take a shot on this guy, maybe. By the by the end of the season, Luka Vilovojevic was like an essential because of his price. Yep. Uh, the very popular one who's at exact same price is Ryan Sessegnon from Fulham. Right. More on that him. is... Right. That More is, on him later. Right. So we'll definitely have to talk about him. Right, now, I will hold say, on, though. No, 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 like, Scott, I, I want to bring this up real yeah. quick. This is why I hope someone's listening and, and will... If they... What'd you say the ownership was in Neves was? Almost 16%. Okay. Yeah. He is a contact. For a guy who had six goals and one assist. He had six the, goals, one assist. And guess who led the team in yellow cards? <laughs> Neves. That's all anti FPL. He is a defensive yeah. midfielder. So he's a he's a people are putting him in their fifth midfield spot because they can't find anyone else to put uh, there. They're, no, they're putting no, him they there because no, they're, they're ignorant and they no, don't know they, what kind of a player he they're is. They're ignoring Jack Wilshire on purpose. Well, and that's probably who is true. five dollars. That's ridiculous. The same price. Yeah, Jack. Jack's going to be a steal for people who who start him. By the but way, this is not a West Ham podcast. Just to throw a few more six point five numbers out there, a couple of guys that are hurt and maybe maybe for a significant part of the season. But if they do start playing, 
I would buy them immediately. Alex Oxley Chamberlain, Manuel oh. Lanzini. Well, 6. Lanzini, 5. yeah, Lanzini. He's probably is out. Chamberlain six point five. He is at six point five to start the season. But hold on, Scott, is he going to be starting for Liverpool? Not until he comes this back from not that a ACL Liverpool tear. Podcast. He's got to come back from that ACL. But tear. when does he have a? I'm, I literally don't know. Does he have a projected time? Couple other names of interest, just because we talked. Well, Theo Walcott is at six point five. Always going to be semi intriguing at that price. Uh, I'll throw Richarlison in there. I'd be curious to see if he can do anything to start this season like he started last season before he faded. I agree. And then we talked about this guy in our July transfer window pod, Elu Nusi at Southampton, is at six point five. He could so be a sleeper are, there. So those are some good names, right? So. You might look at that and go, yeah, I'd pick three of those names before Jota. Interesting. I mean, if Chamberlain's at 6.5 and he's starting for Liverpool, that's a no-brainer. Right? Now, it won't be to start the season, but eventually you have to believe once he's healthy I know this. and works his way back. Here, here's what I think could be possible for Jota, a Pascal Gross style of a season. Okay? That could be possible. That's the type of player that he is. You want to bet on that? Because I'd bet against that. Bet against... What part of that? Jota having any significant form in the upcoming season? I I'd be like, how many goals did Gross, a, Gross score? Double digit goals, did he not? He had seven. He had uh, so Pascal Gross scored seven goals and he had eight assists last year. There's no way Diogo Jota puts up those kinds of numbers this season. You think Jota could do that, Dave? Seven goals, eight assists. And he played in all, and Gross played in all thirty-eight matches in the Premier League. I don't know if he could beat the assists number. Yeah, I think he might be able to beat the seven goals. All right, I'd bet that he scores under seven and a half goals. I'll take the over. I'll take over seven and a half goals. First bet of the new season. Yes. The write it down. Success or failure of Diogo Jota. Write it down in the bet channel, Only Andrew on the, the Ref. Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. A- Andrew the Ref will truly be the referee <laughs> for the bet channel as he will oh. determine who wins and loses. Bets. We're ridiculous. All right. Have we, uh, have we exhausted your uh, repertoire of Wolves players, Dave? Yeah. We already talked about uh, Ru Patricio. And then I don't. I, Ra- Raul Jimenez. I'm not going to be starting Bonatini at 5.0 and or Raul Jimenez uh, at a 5.5 billion dollars. They're kind of on a radar that might be interesting, but I if I'm going to play someone, it's going to be a Barry Douglas or a Jota. Okay, for me. not a Patricio, not looking at a and or keeper. A, a Cavallario. Okay, still no, saying I, it wrong. I agree, and mostly, and I I think it's mostly because in the for same for goalkeepers, I feel like. I feel like not only is this uh it's Patricio coming to a new club and newly promoted into the Premier League. So it's not that he can't and it's we've seen promoted clubs I mean obviously last year saves end up mattering. Mm-hmm. So but if Wolves so that's a thing. So if Wolves do what they did last season. If there's again it's like it's going to take a while to see this. But they gave up by far the fewest shots of any team in the championship last season. They gave up by far the fewest shots on target of any team in the in the championship last season. So, just want to point out that two of those matches came against Norwich, right? Against Sunderland, Preston, right? Against <laughs> against yeah. teams that are not that are not uh, that aren't no even, offense to that fans are not, of those clubs that are not even. Um, Everton, 
<laughs> That's exactly right. right. Well, so, no, I understand exactly what you're saying. And or and, and I'll add to that this. Um they their core group of guys didn't get hurt last year. They literally were playing 45, 43, 42, 42, 39 games, right? Mm-hmm. In all competitions. That matters. That matters big time. And that's like less anytime you know when Leicester won the title a couple years ago, when Chelsea won before Man City, uh, it was their starting lineup was the same every week. No one got hurt, and that's why that's what helped make them so good. Other things, sure, but I just want to go. I'm just going to remind you at multiple points throughout the upcoming season that on this podcast you recommended that I use 20 percent of my FPL lineup on Wolves players. Dave, I did not say three, two. Excuse me, two out of fifteen. I think, I think you could do worse. Uh, Barry Douglas, in my opinion, is a must, and or Willie Bowley. A must. Willie, Barry Douglas, a must. Yep. You heard it here first. Uh, or maybe second. And then uh, I think I think we could be surprised with the production of Jota and Cavalero. All right. Brian? No. I, I am like anyone else that's going to look at this. Like I, I feel like the percentage owned to start the season could have something to say about it so yeah i mean if it's the difference between like i i know for sure i can say 100 percent for sure it will not be nevis that i would start with even Absolutely. at five dollars like it's not a question the the fact that there's that many people on him is that every single wolves fan that's a current that's currently playing in you know fantasy premier league that has a team already you know what i mean like every single one of them picked him Uh, like it just seems a really odd choice except for for price so it's and then knowing that there are guys in that same price that are that same price that you'd say i would way rather have that guy yeah you know what i mean yeah so no i think no i definitely think that barry douglas is one of those guys that for five dollars, you know, if if as long as he fits, as long as he can fit in the roster, yeah. And you want to have a team of five defenders who are all capable, and Douglas is like your fifth guy. If you want to put a defense together like that, if my hey, fifth guy can it, produce man. like that, that's what I'm doing. Right. But if you want to think about it in terms of you know comparable players, you know, if it's hey Trent Alexander Arnold is five dollars. That's right. Good call. So that's another guy that you look at and you're like. Well, if I have to make a choice between those two guys, or if I want to save a point five for something else, yeah, I mean, you know, you're probably going to make sacrifices here and there, but it's a good I point. Think all of it has to do with team construction and what what you're trying to shoot for, and kind of what your strategy is up front and in back. I think that's it, Scott. We're at the point of the uh, of the year where we are obviously going through these promoted shows: Cardiff City, Fulham, still to come, and then the big in that order. Or is it a uh, I'd surprise? Like to, I'd like to do it in that order. Okay, sure. Fulham is this year's Newcastle for us. Like we have a special place in our heart for Fulham, just like we did for Newcastle last yeah. year. Uh, and they're doing work. They're doing some significant yes, work are. in the off season. So I'm really pumped about this. And you know they're going to provide contributions to my All American FPL team, which will not have 15 players. They won't. Just like my non Chelsea Chelsea squad on the Fantasy Soccer FC website the squad. This past weekend did not. I was a little surprised to find it so hard to fill a full squad for that. There were a ton of midfielders, more than I could put in there. I could have done 15 if I had the ability to be a little flexible with the numbers. 
Uh, but in the end, a lot of guys have just left the league uh, and or are you know in the championship, other leagues in, in Europe, or they're at Chelsea because Chelsea hasn't loaned them out yet. So maybe I wrote that article a little too early. <laughs> um, but we'll see. I wanted to put Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Crystal Palace on there, but right now he's a Chelsea player. Anyway, that's on our website. You can see with the fun. Uh, it's still an interesting squad of former and current loaned-out Chelsea players. Yep that make up an FPL roster. We're going to do the same thing on our website as we lead up to the new season. Got a couple ideas for some fun squads to put out there. So talk we'll put about that on a, our website. Talk about a, the early season predictive dumpster fire Chelsea's becoming. Mm. Could I you be happier about that? I don't know, Dave. I don't know about that. I'm just saying. It depends. We can I, talk about that at a different time. We, we will. I mean, I'm hoping for it. I, I just know. don't know how it happens that... Uh, all of a sudden, the, the switch is flipped and everything's great. All right. Well, hey, we made it. I'm not sure you're going to find a more uh, comprehensive coverage of the Wolverhampton Wanderers in relation to Fantasy Premier League anywhere on the internets. Okay? There's a bunch of internets out there, Brian. It's just not one. The yeah. interwebs. Listen, I hope that we helped you. I hope that we find... I hope that we helped you find your fourth defender, maybe if or your fifth defender, maybe a fifth midfielder. Who knows? Maybe we found the Pascal Gross of this promoted club. Or maybe this was just a pile of Steve bullshit. <laughs> Very easily could be. <laughs> Bottom line is, I hope you're entertained. We always love doing this. For the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time. I'm